You're listening to Seattle's Master Composter Podcast. That's the podcast for people who want to reduce their waste and improve their soil. This is episode three, Let the Worms Do the Work. But first, let's meet a couple of master composters. My name is Peter Church, and I'm made in England. And I left uh, England when I was 19 and uh, went to Toronto and married a Yank. And you could say she's the plant person. She remembers everything that we put in the garden. And I sort of follow along, you know, and do the composting and the digging and such like. My name is Julie Starkel. I have a private practice for nutrition in Green Lake. And as part of my nutrition practice, I'm always encouraging people to eat more fruits and vegetables. So I thought the more I know about how to actually grow your own fruits and vegetables, and organic preferably, in their backyards, the more they'll eat. Now on to the heart of the podcast. All right, we can just gather around here. Um, We're going to talk about different ways of food waste composting. You can't put food waste in a compost bin. That's because food waste attracts rats, and compost bins aren't rat-proof. Rats can get in there and eat your leftover spaghetti dinner or whatever. People used to put their food waste in the garbage, but that's not legal anymore. Now, most people put their food waste in municipal yard waste bins. These are the green bins that the city collects every week. Those bins are trucked off to an industrial composting facility where compost temperatures get much too hot for rats. Cedar Grove then turns around and sells that compost back to gardeners in plastic bags. But you can compost food waste safely in your backyard. You just need to use an enclosed system like a worm bin or a green cone. And if you look directly behind you, you can see a green cone. Everybody can just take turns looking in there. This is one that's in use. So I opened up this green cone in progress. What do you see in there? I see orange peels, paper bags, uh, eggshells, a bunch of apple cores, um, some tea bags, apple slices, coffee cups. And there's some stuff in there that's kind of moldy, right? Yeah, it's all sort of, I mean, half of it looks like it's in a state of decay, a little bit of mold, some really brown banana peels down there. <laughs> the green cone looks just like its name, like an upside-down ice cream cone with a lid on top. Beneath the ground is a large plastic basket that slowly fills with food waste. No stirring is necessary, no agitating, You no need to add worms. They will migrate in from the outside in. And, but they're not really the primary decomposers at work. It's the, more the microorganisms and, and beneficial fungi and bacteria that are doing most of the work in there. You're also going to be telling people that paper pla- soil paper plates, their pizza boxes, and their uh, paper napkins are also going to be going in here. They're not going to go into their garbage anymore. Okay, so that's your... Unless you know, they, yeah, they can put it in their yard waste. Yes, yes, if they have yard waste also, yes. Coated papers will eventually break down, but it takes a really long time, which is why they coated them, is just to make them more durable for for use and not to, to not start falling apart when you have a plate full of, you know, gooey food. But they take a really long time to decompose, so I wouldn't, would never put them in there. Is, but, is the green cone more efficient if it's either in the sun or in the shade? 
it really doesn't make much difference. But I, I will say that I would recommend at least part shade, especially shaded from the afternoon sun, to just to reduce your fruit fly. The hotter it gets in there, I think the more apt it is to become good habitat for fruit flies. Are the fruit flies a health problem or is it just a nuisance? It's an annoyance and totally annoyance. And in the summer, like you could count on having some fruit flies in there. So when you decide where you're going to put your green cone, don't put it right next to your back door. You know, put it convenient so that it's easy to go out there. You know, it's nice. You just can lift this with one hand, dump your food with the other, and you're done. It's very important when you're choosing a location for your bin that you test how well your soil drains before you actually plant it there. Because the worst thing that could happen would be soup in there. Icky, ooh, ew. <laughs> Need I say more? Um, you want it to drain well, and so if you most soils around here, you know, are pretty high in sand and drain pretty well. But I would suggest digging a small hole, you know, but fairly deep. Fill it full of water, and then just see how long it takes to drain. It it should go down at least an inch an hour. If you do have a an, an issue where you feel that your drainage isn't good enough, really try after you excavate the hole, just kind of taking a, a pick or something and loosening up that soil. See if you can increase the percolation rate. Um, and when you're locating a, uh, your bin, you also want to be conscious of the trees. These were put in here when these trees were much smaller, but you don't want to sever any tree roots that are bigger than even a half an inch in diameter. It's best not to do that. The only other tree situation that I would mention is maple trees wouldn't be a good place to locate these under just as a safety precaution for disease because maples in this region are susceptible to a fungal disease that seems to um, grow better in soil that is really high in fertility and um, moisture and, and makes the maples grow at a higher rate than normal they become susceptible to this disease called verticillium, which is not very good at all. So I wouldn't locate it under a maple tree. Any other tree variety I don't think you would need to worry about. These are very rodent resistant if, if installed as they should be like this. But this, if you'll notice, there's a wire cloth that or wire, you know, fencing kind of stuff that's wrapped around on the inside of this hole that is specifically a rodent extra rodent protection so if you feel like you you know you've got rodent issues in your neighborhood enough to where you're concerned or you've had rodent issues on your property in the past I would as a precaution use this hard it's called hardware cloth but it's just a welded wire um, that you can buy in lengths at, at hardware stores and uh, buy it just enough to go all the way around and then wrap the outside of your basket with that. So we're going to walk over to the south end there and we're going to look at the green cones there that are actually ready to harvest. Our host leads us to a second green cone. The cone has been removed, leaving the finished material open to the sky. And so you can see what it looks like. You may remember good compost requires a balance of equal volumes of greens and browns, materials that are high in nitrogen and materials that are high in carbon. That's what you need to get the most stable, most nutritious compost for your plants. 
That kind of balance is never going to happen in a green cone. But that's okay. Your garden plants will still love it. Compost happens. Sometimes it happens quickly and efficiently, like in a compost pile. Other times the process is slow and sloppy, as in a green cone. But each method is valuable in its own way, and each method provides a different form of nutrition for your garden plants. Take a good look, everybody, and you can kind of see, like, there's a few corn cobs. You, know, you can kind of see what's left there, but it's really pretty well eaten. This could be used as, as mulch on the soil surface. It could be dug in. It could be used in um, planting in, in container gardens. You could pretty much, you know, use this, and it's really rich in nutrients, micronutrients, and lots of soil microorganisms. So really, really gets... Whatever you use it for, it will improve the soil. You can get green cones from Seattle Public Utilities. Overall, this is really, I would say, the most low-maintenance way to, to deal with food scraps. If you find that, it's, that like two is not enough, I mean, you could get a third one. Or you could get a worm bin. If you have children, worm bins and kids go together really, really good. So, I mean, for a long time I had a worm bin and two green cones. Now I have two worm bins. <laughs> I don't have the green cone anymore because I, I don't have enough extra to put in there. But um, Why do kids like worm bins? They're full of slimy, crawly things. <laughs> in the next episode of this podcast, we'll look at another way to digest your food waste, the worm bin. Worm bins are kind of like green cones. They require a little more management, but give you a better finished product. For the Master Composter Podcast, I'm Joshua McNichols. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.